right. Welcome, everyone. You're joining Craig Paxson and Brian Temkin on the Process Leadership Show. We've been talking about the Creativity Cube, and we've talked about challenge, constraints. Our last podcast was about creators. We talked about some great ideas and tools that you can use in that capacity. Today, we're going to be talking about criteria and cultivation. Craig, can you give us a quick overview for those who may have missed our first couple of sessions? Just give us a quick 30-second overview, high, high waves, hit the top of the waves, if you, if you will, on challenge, constraints, and creators. All right, Brian. So the first three sides of the creativity cube that we talk about is challenge. Challenge is the problem that we're trying to solve. Challenges have a couple different aspects. One of them is that they need to be legitimate. They must need to be solved. They need to come from authority. And they must be personal. The team must have some kind of a personal stake in solving the problem. Then we talked about constraints, the bounds in which the final solution must lie. Different kinds of constraints like resource or method or time. In our last podcast, we talked about creators or tools that we can use to help spark creative thinking and creative ideas, tools like Scamper or changing the level of specificity of our challenge. And if you'll remember, we have given everyone a link to the resource that they can actually go to and get all this information. And we'll talk about that again as we get towards the, the, the back half of the podcast. But don't worry if you've missed those that information in the previous podcast. We'll get that to you later on today. Today, we're going to talk about two different sides. We're going to talk about criteria and cultivation. And let's just uh, jump in with the teaching, Craig. The first side we're going to talk about, Brian, is criteria. How many times have you been in a brainstorming meeting, and at the end of it, some idea is chosen, and you don't really know why? Okay, why did the boss pick Bob's idea and not mine? My idea was just as good as Bob's. And the reason is that we haven't adequately defined the criteria by which we're going to choose the idea. We don't know why we're choosing one idea versus another. It's just some gut feel that we have or everybody looks around the room or it's really pretty obvious that we came up with a list of crappy ideas to begin with and so it doesn't really matter which one we choose. So we're going to talk about how do we choose the right idea. We know that there is some criteria, if we think about it, there is some criteria by which the ideas are going to get chosen. Let's just bring that out in the open. The first thing that we have to do is determine what are the criteria. There are four different types of criteria. All criteria fall into these four types. There's feasibility. Can the idea be implemented? How easy is it to implement the idea? There's time. How long is it going to take? How short is it going to take? There's cost. How much money is it going to take? How much resource is it going to take? And then there's benefit. What are the benefits of implementing the idea? What do we get out of it? And all of our criteria are going to fit into one of those four categories. It's important to determine these criteria before we start brainstorming. We don't want to just go brainstorm and not have an idea of why we're choosing something for a couple different reasons. One is we want to use those criteria when we're brainstorming. But also we want to have the team understand what they're trying to accomplish, what they're trying to do. If I say in my old example of make up a story that one of the criteria is that it's the shortest story, well, that's going to spark different ideas than if I say it's the longest story, right? 
and that, that may not be a constraint. I may not give you a constraint of must be less than two minutes, but I'm just giving you some criteria about why we're going to choose one story versus another. If I understand correctly, Craig, what you, what I'm hearing is that it basically puts everybody on the same page. Uh, you know, I've heard the the, the term. We're gonna we're, we want everybody on the same page of music. We all want to be playing the same song. So we're judging every idea that gets brought forth by the same set of of guidelines. That way, everybody knows up front. Is that absolutely kind of a that is that is absolutely true, and that that is exactly right. A lot of times we don't know that. Everybody's Everybody's got a different idea of why we're choosing that the the idea that we chose. In addition to the types of criteria, feasibility, cost, benefit, and time, criteria have these three characteristics. You've heard of SMART goals, yeah, right? Absolutely. Smart, specific, measurable, attainable, time-based, whatever the R stands for, nobody can remember. Well, criteria have these three characteristics. One is they must be specific. The criteria must be specific enough to actually be used. The second thing is it needs to be relevant. There are sometimes I'm in a brainstorming session, I look at the criteria that were used to choose the, the idea, and I think, how is that criteria even relevant to the problem that they're trying to solve? And the third thing is it must be testable. So we're going to make sure that all of our criteria are specific, relevant, and testable. Well, Craig, that leaves me with a lot of questions, but I know time-wise, we can't really dive into that component. So this would be something that if, if you really want to know more about this, they really need to contact you directly to really take a deep dive into that section. Yeah, you know, a lot of this has to do with, some of it has to do with training, understanding things about criteria. A lot of it just has to do with, um, with facilitation. Having somebody who's experienced help guide you through the selection of your criteria. Once we get the criteria, once we know what they are, we have to use them somehow, right? Sure. And so we're actually going to use these criteria, and right now we're going to talk about the process of selecting ideas using criteria. So this is this is once all every we, we've done the brainstorming session, we've got all the ideas. Then this is how we're going to take and, and, and judge them. Correct. That's okay. exactly, absolutely right. So we've we've developed our criteria. We know what they are, and we need to choose. The first thing that we're going to do is we're going to organize the ideas. There's a lot of times when ideas have some similarities, and if we have brainstormed 75, 80, 120 ideas, we don't want to go through and judge all 120 ideas. We'd be there forever. Be there forever. I right? just take too much time. So the first step is to organize those ideas. We're going to cluster similar ideas and then name the clusters. Very, very simple. Um, that sounds easy. Right? And then what we're going to do is we're going to evaluate the, cu the clusters versus the criteria rather than evaluating each individual idea. So we might have had 120 ideas, and once we've clustered those, we might come up with 8 or 10 or 12 clusters, and now we can actually evaluate those versus the criteria. Makes it very manageable, doesn't it? Much more manageable. Now, I'm going to say that there are two big types of analysis that we want to do. And this really depends on the problem that we're trying to solve. In some cases, we may need to do some very concrete analysis. We may need to be very, very specific, have very concrete analysis. If we're spending a million dollars, we want to know exactly what the return is going to be. If we are implementing something that may involve the, the health and safety of somebody, we want to be very specific to determine which idea to, to implement and how we're going to judge those ideas. But in, there's other cases where 
it's really not that level of importance. We can try some different things and it's going to be okay. Those level where there's, we don't need to use a concrete analysis, we can do things like using dot voting. We can give everybody a certain number of dots or a certain number of points that they can assign to different ideas. And then in those, uh, we can then come up with, out of the 12 idea clusters that we had, here's the top three. Let's go try the top three and see which one works best, knowing that we have our criteria to determine which one works best after we've tried some different ideas. Now, real quick, you said that you were going to break everything in, into clusters of ideas. So do you, once you've selected that top cluster, that still within that cluster may have another 10 ideas. Do you then take those 10 ideas and do further uh, dot voting or further uh, concrete analysis right. to, to, to pick one idea? Good, good. That's a great question. Really, the organization is just to come up with one name of the idea. Um, once we come up, we've picked cluster one, um, whatever that might be. We need to implement that that idea. We need to actually do something with that idea, and so that um, that implementation may take portions of any one of those ideas that are inside of that cluster. And so we're not really going to judge all the ideas inside the cluster and come up with one of those ideas. We're, we're going to take that whole idea cluster and implement it somehow. So you're going to maybe, kind of like we talked about last time, maybe a cafeteria style. You're going to take all these different ideas, pull the good parts of all of them and create one idea? Right. Okay. Yep. Yep. Exactly. So that is that is how we use and create select criteria. The The next side of the of the cube that we want to talk about is called cultivation. And what cultivation really means is preparation, preparing for the brainstorming session. And there's a couple different aspects of this. One is we're going to have to select a group. Brainstorming is, by definition, a group activity. So we need to select the group of people that's going to come together to do the brainstorming. And there's two different kinds of groups. There's what I call natural groups. The natural groups are groups that naturally come together, things like direct reports, or a team, those can be natural groups. You may have a staff meeting every Monday morning and your staff meeting is a natural group and you want to do brainstorming. So you've selected your group. The other kind is not natural or selected groups and that's groups where we, they don't normally naturally come together and we're getting them together just for this brainstorming or improvement session. And those groups can be chosen from maybe different levels in the organization maybe different functions, different job tasks or different job descriptions, different positions, or things like they all may be the same position but work on different shifts or report to different supervisors or are in different locations. So the two different kinds of groups that we have are natural and selected. So you, you could actually, on the selected group, you could even be pulling people from different organizations in. To, to bring in to do part, participate as part of the brainstorming. Absolutely. On one of my favorite projects uh, I was involved in, we had people from the, our, our customer and my organization and vendors, all of part as one, one group. We were all together um, doing some improvements and doing some implementation together. So there's nothing that says that this all has to be part of your organization when you're selecting a group. We can select a variety of people, a variety of different types. Um, different positions, different organizations, whatever makes sense to give us a good diversity in our brainstorming. Once we've selected the group, Brian, the, the next thing we want to do in the cultivation phase is we want to 
give the group adequate time. We want to give them the challenging constraints ahead of time. I hate going into a brainstorming meeting and nobody's ever told me why we're there. Or they tell me why we're there at the beginning of the meeting and it takes me 20 minutes to just to catch up to try to understand what are we really talking about here. So we want to make sure that we give the challenging constraints in advance of the session. And in advance by a day or two days or a weekend, the important thing is that we give enough time for the subconscious to work. How many times have you been just standing in the, you know, taking a walk or in the shower? The shower is always the famous place and you go, ooh, that's a really good idea, right? Well, your subconscious has been at work on it. And we want to give people that opportunity for their subconscious to work before we get to the brainstorming session. I hate it when I have a good idea a day after the session is already over. Well, it's too late then. I want to, I want to get it now. Craig, you mentioned in one of our very first sessions that this is one of the key differences in your system. The, the traditional method just brings a bunch of people together and says, go to work. But, but what you have said and what you're suggesting and teaching people to do is to, uh, this is a big part of what you teach people to do, and that is to give people the opportunity to go away by themselves where they can really think into to the challenge and those ideas. And what you said, research has been done and shown and proven if, correct me if I'm wrong here. You've proven, the, the research has proven that this method is actually going to give you higher quality ideas than just pulling everybody together and having them come up with ideas. That's exa absolutely right. Research has shown that you get more and better ideas from individual brainstorming, individual creativity than group creativity. And the reason for that is that, uh, one, there's no pressure on the group. And we'll talk about that next week when we talk about collaboration and conflict. But the other reason is that if you give people adequate time, even by themselves, their subconscious goes to work. It's just amazing what your subconscious does. And that's why you get a great idea when you're mowing the lawn. And there's a ton of science behind this, and I don't want to get in, into it now um, completely. We'll spend 30 minutes just talking about the science behind it. But when your subconscious understands what you're trying to do, even if you're not thinking about it deliberately, your subconscious is thinking about it. And you're going to get great ideas just out of the middle of nowhere. And if we can get everybody to have five, ten ideas before they even get to the session, how much further along are we? The other thing about, about uh, cultivation is in addition to the challenges and constraints, there's usually some kind of background information, some data, some why are we trying to solve this problem, why are we trying to do this. There's usually background information and we give people the challenge and the constraints and the background information prior to the brainstorming session, we're giving them all of, this, all of the information necessary to really have their subconscious work on really good ideas. Well, Craig, you know, I'm, I'm, one of my favorite topics is the power of the mind and how our subconscious mind works. And so you're right, we, we, we could talk for days about this particular subject. And so you've just touched on a, a little small snippet, but what a powerful thing the tool that you've given us again today as we look at both the criteria, setting forth that information so that everybody knows what we're judging ideas by. It just gives people, it's like it's like a, a safety net almost or a sense of security of knowing this is what's expected of me. One of the worst feelings is to not know what is expected of me. And so you, you set that out. You, you predetermine that through setting up that criteria and then how you judge an idea and using the different tools. That's that's huge and to be able to allow the entire team to participate in a in a in a weighted 
you know, whether it's a weighted system or a dot voting, whatever method. And then the cultivation. Well, that's huge. The preparation of, of being being prepared for the, the session is such a vital part of it. And I don't want to restate everything that you've already so uh, so poignantly stated. But uh, great session today. Great podcast, Craig. The material you have is fantastic. Now, we promised at the beginning of the session that you would give people the link if they want to download this this information. Can you share that with us, Craig? So you go to brainstorm.coach, brainstorm.coach, and that takes you to this web page, my web page, where you can view a couple of videos about better brainstorming using the Creativity Cube, and you can join the Process Innovators Club, and that will give you access to worksheets and downloads about brainstorming and innovation, and then you will also get, when you join the Innovators Club, Thinking Tools Thursdays emails, where every Thursday I send you a different thinking tool to help you understand how the mind works and spark your creative thoughts. You know, Craig, something I think is is something of value that we really need to share with the audience, and that is that we now have our own website that's dedicated to the Process Leadership Show. Tell me again what that uh, web address is. So if you go to theprocessleadershipshow.com, that will take you to our website where you can listen to these episodes, subscribe to this podcast. You can also subscribe to this podcast on iTunes and Stitcher Radio and uh, share this podcast with all your friends. Send them to theprocessleadershipshow.com to listen to more episodes. Now, what one of the things that you know we have is we we want to hear what you as an audience have to say. We want to hear your questions, your comments, and your feedback. What's the best way for somebody to to ask a question as they're as they're wanting to apply this new knowledge and information? You can always comment uh, on the podcast on the podcast um, through iTunes or Stitcher or on our website. Just put a comment down there um, on the on the blog entry for the podcast about questions that you might have, and, and we'll be sure to answer those questions either written or in the next podcast. Yeah, we would love your feedback. We'd love to hear from you guys. And if you have future topics that you want to hear us teach about, talk about, interact with, let us know. We want this to be something of value to each person who's listening. Well, next week we're going to be talking about collaboration and conflict. Craig, you've been making me wait. You know that this is the one I've been really looking forward to. That's why it's last, Brian. That's right. wants to keep me interested. Well... We want to thank you for joining us today. This is Brian Timken and Craig Paxson with the Process Leadership Show.